Welcome to the Professor's Podcast, where we discuss the best strategies to massively improve the reach and bottom line of your business in the current virtual and economic landscape. Your host, Howard Tai, generates over $5 billion for his clients annually using innovative tactics both on and off Amazon. Hey everyone, Hurricane Liz here, and I'm live here with Howie and our special guest today. And I want to give you guys a reminder, Howie is none other than the professor of all things, as I've recently found out, as he has just got his stuff together. The guy travels tirelessly across the entire globe, looking to find the best of the best at Amazon. That way he can have them on his first ever online virtual event. So if you don't know who he is, he's made news all over the place. He's been featured in the Wall Street Journal and all sorts of other publications like BuzzFeed News, highlighting the fact that he can pretty much rank it all on Amazon. And I've seen that from firsthand experience myself. So I'm really excited here to help him on these actual interviews with the top minds in all of Amazon. And today we've got a great one because this gentleman that we're gonna introduce here in a second comes from a country that I, I wasn't even aware existed, Howie. I think he said he's living in Andorra, if I'm not mistaken. Do you, did you even know before today where that is? I, I don't even know what it is. I was like surprised as well. Like, where is this place at? And then he told me it was in Europe <laughs> or something. I'm like, what? Really? Right, absolutely. And that to me is shocking, Howie, because I always look at you, you know everything that there is about Amazon. So I almost make the assumption Howie knows everything about everything. He's all over the place looking for these Amazon sellers, finding them in crazy corners across the world. And you always do it. You always seem to find the magical creature, almost the unicorns of Amazon. And you find somebody that's just mastering exactly what they do. And today's a total exception to that, right? I mean, total, it's totally included. This guy has done what I classified early on as I quit at this. And so we'll talk more about what I quit at. He's mastered that and shown that it can still be done. So I'm super excited to talk to him. How about you, Howie? Can you tell us a little bit more about this guy? Um, this guy is a very interesting guy because um, he's one of the only guys in the field that does PR. So that really knows how to rank people using PR. So this is going to be very interesting on listening to what he has to say about what he's going to talk about on topics. So I'm interested in starting this up, this up with him. Right. And earlier I mentioned to him that I have had an employee write over a thousand press releases. I'm surprised that that employee actually stuck it out with me. You know him, Howie Joshua wrote a thousand press releases and distributed them out there. And I'll tell you what, it's a lot of work. So I'm excited to talk to him and let's bring him straight on. And I just want to remind people, this gentleman is going to be one of many actual speakers at Howie's first ever online virtual event called the Professor's Pandemic Event. And now remember, this will be held online and you'll be able to attend it from your home in the comfort of your own home. You can sip your coffee, you can sip whatever you want while you watch along. You can even sip the gin and juice as you would usually sip the gin and juice with Howie at the club when you go to one of his live events. But this is going to be a little bit different. I'm excited for it. How about you, Howie? I mean, the last time some secrets that were spilled there, I told people they completely revamped my business and reinvigorated it. And I was able to pretty much rank anything now effortlessly on page one. Are you excited? Well, this, this event is a little special. I think I'm pretty excited to see how many people is going to join us because uh, a lot of people ask me, hey, why don't you do a uh, online 
uh, mastermind or, or online uh, one. And I'm like, I don't really want to talk too much out there. Like, so people would like maybe copy it and everything, but I think it will do okay. I've heard a lot of good success stories on doing things online, virtual. So let's see how it goes and stuff. But I have a question for you, Liz. Did you say a thousand press release? A thousand. Joshua did? Wrote a thousand. How, yeah, I'm very How long did that take? Uh, probably over the course of a year, maybe. Wrote oh, a thousand wow. Okay. Because I used to do a lot of articles like that. Article spinning, I call it. I use it like these back there. Back then, and there was like SEO. And then we do like article spinning and then do backlinks and stuff like that. So there's like these little little uh, software that there is out there So for that. So I wouldn't. Dang, that's a thousand is a lot of press release. But I know how yeah. Joshua is. He's good. He's the one that makes our sales copy of the PPE. Uh, yeah. the so, I, I mean, like a thousand is, is no tiny amount. It's I've, I can't remember how long it took him, but he clocked it in at 1,000. So I'm excited to see what Shane says about that. I mean, our guest today is Shane. Uh, am I pronouncing this right, Shane? Shane Oglo? Yeah, that's right. Shane Oglo. Shane Oglo, obviously, I want you to people to understand what you do. It's very involved. As I said, I had to get a guy to write a thousand press releases, which as you can imagine, that takes an enormous amount of time. But there's a ton of questions that I have for you. I'm even a little tongue twisted here because I just so many different ideas running through my head after you, me and Howie had that conversation earlier. But my first question to you is before I get a little too excited and ahead of myself here, let me ask you this first question. I want you to pretend hypothetically that you and Howie are in an elevator. And obviously he is who he is, the man, the myth, the legend, as I like to call him. And you're on an elevator with him. You've got two minutes to pitch what you do and why you're just the man. What would you say to him on that elevator? Oh boy, that's a good one. So he recognizes that I'm a unicorn at this point, right? No? Yeah, he obviously is <laughs> like somewhat, you know, he's interested. He's okay. kind of horn peeking right through and he's yeah, yeah, wanting yeah. to know what else you well, know I think when, when, and this happens quite often I mean and in fact just earlier this afternoon I was I met a new fellow and he was asking what I did this is kind of it's hard to explain sometimes what you do it because what, what we've all done has changed so much over the years as the online uh, business has changed but I think number one I've been at it a long time in terms of you know you know, online space. And I started selling back in 2013. I had a lot of success early on, uh, like so many of us did, I think. And I started creating those connections. I got to know pretty much everyone in the space, uh, you know, for the most part. I did a lot of training, coaching, mentoring at the time. And actually at that time it was mostly through the ASM program. And I'm talking literally thousands of people that I've trained or coached in some capacity or another. So since then, it's just been, um, one thing after another in terms of either conquering or dabbling or learning, you know, around those immense changes that have happened in this entire industry and are going to keep on happening. There's just no doubt about that. And I don't want to ever sound like I'm tooting my own horn because I'm Canadian and I don't toot my own horn. But I don't ever really consider myself an expert or a guru or anything of like that because I'm always learning. You know, I'm always, always learning. Even those areas that I'm really comfortable in discussing and I found a lot of success because things are always ever-changing, it's important, I think, to stay really humble and open-minded with any topic. You know, I'm really just a student who just occasionally subs in as a teacher. So if it comes to Amazon, uh, I think I can talk about pretty much any topic with, with a fair bit of authority. But like I said, I always keep an open mind. So 
that's that's sort of where I stand. Okay, so I always ask these kind of questions to all our interview guests. So, what do you consider yourself the most expert on in regarding like PR? I know PR is pretty big, kind of a, a really yeah. a big topic and stuff as well. What, what's what, what do you what's the deep domain expertise in PR that you could say you are uh, very good at? Yeah, that's a good question. And that actually changes too over time. If, if I had to answer and just narrow it down to two, I'd say probably the first is uh, launching and ranking. You know, I've built a lot of courses over the years and case studies. And as these, you know, these launch strategies that we've had, you know, for the last six, seven years, they change, you know, in reaction to things like the algorithm updates and Amazon tools and third-party tools have become available. So I'd say using PRs to launch and rank and very few people, occasionally I'll meet someone and usually really big sellers who are doing sort of a version of what we do. And they're kind of like, you know, dude, just keep it on the DL. We don't want everybody to know about it, which, which we can talk about a bit more later. But the second, I guess, is content. And, and those two things tie in. So, so content and PR specifically designed for, for ranking on Amazon. And the other is, is, is about uh, content and its effective use, uh, more in a, a brand perspective, which is really funny because content is one of those things that most people feel they probably need and they know the immense power of it. So there's really not a, a big secret on, on the power of content. And maybe they see how other brands are, are crushing it and don't really understand how to do it. But rarely does anyone get it right and actually turn it into dominating online or SERP ranking results and traffic. So in my world, you know, building a strong brand that dominates the internet or, or at least their niche is paramount in this business and create a very diverse range of well-researched, optimized content you know, through very powerful distribution networks is one of the primary things that we do. And that's really something I guess I can talk about all day long. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit out about how um, you think outside of the box compared to other experts in your field? Yeah, I, I suppose a really easy example is to talk about how we're using Amazon, or sorry, using those press releases to increase our Amazon rankings. I mean, we do a lot of stuff, but but it, this is really outside the box because no one else is doing it. And we've been doing this for years for our own products and for, for products and client accounts that we manage. So back in 2015, yeah, yeah, 2015-ish, I'd say, when all the, the you know the so-called experts and, and gurus were saying that PRs were dead, you know, bear in mind that they were using the techniques that were popular at the time and were working at the time. All of a sudden, it stopped working. And this really led us to investigate further, you know, understand why, why did this change? It took us some time. It took us the better part of a year and a half, but we managed to dial it in. And I'm going to say right now that it works in a broad perspective. It works better than ever before. It's just not that lazy shortcut. It was in the past that people used to do. Right. And you know, that's a great answer, Shane. Although I have to say my Josh would probably totally disagree with you that he thought that was lazy since he had to write 1,000 press releases just to kind of get that same text that yeah. you're talking about through what you offer. But it's apparent that you have a very broad area of expertise. Like I was talking about unicorn here, but we're talking about unicorn with deer, deer, uh, you know, headpiece. It's kind of ridiculous how much you actually know about Amazon, just judging by what you've spoken about so far. So let me ask you this, what three to five topics do you think you could actually wow people with in all this level and area of expertise 
in the first ever professor's pandemic event? Three to five topics. Well, I like to feel like I'm pretty well versed on everything, maybe with the exception of PPC. That's something that I kind of outsourced ages ago, and I don't really keep up on the day-to-day minutia. But, you know, I love talking about content. Uh, I love talking about Amazon posts. I mean, Amazon posts is very exciting. We've developed strategies that are absolutely killing it right now. And a lot of sellers, even though posts have been out for, I don't know, maybe 10 months or, I don't know, like last autumn, people still don't know about it. I mean, we're absolutely killing it. Launching and ranking, just because I've been in this game a long time, I've seen every system come and go. Some work better than others, so I love talking about that new techniques and discovering it and talking about new you know, ideas. Diversifying traffic and, of course, you know, as it relates back to you know, what I'm doing day-to-day with PRH is building that online brand presence. That's, that's really what, what uh, again, talking about all day long. Yeah, I'm going to have trouble picking one of those three to five because there was a couple there that you mentioned that I'm like, how, how did I not know about this? <laughs> and so I'm excited for that. Let me ask you this question. I know earlier you were talking about launching and ranking, and obviously it's something that you've been at since 2013. So you've seen, as you said, every technique come and go. But can you really just launch and rank with PR alone? Yeah, that, that's a good question. So, um, Yes and no. Uh, my, my general answer is no. And the reason why is, you know, we've done this a hundred times where we just launched just with PRs. Sometimes we'll get some extraordinary results. Other times it'll come off flat. The problem with just with PRs alone is there's so many factors going on. The quality of the PR, the title, the summary, the category, the search terms, you know, competitor actions at the time. There's, there's so many uncontrollable variables. Everyone's you can control, but you, you don't know how it's going to be picked up by the distribution so the problem is, is I could not emulate the results every single time. When we pair up press releases with high-quality external traffic, so back in the day we were doing giveaways and deep sell coupons and Vipon, yeah, you name it, all kinds of stuff we were doing, which doesn't work, work anymore or, or is, maybe be, uh, can work against you. Now it's mostly rebate traffic that, that is working well. As long as you, you've got a high-quality rebate um, system going on, so you're not getting these buyers of low-quality buyer scores, high-quality traffic, keyword-driven traffic. Now, that can be your, your, your PPC efforts. That can be coming from Instagram. It can be coming from whatever. Maybe you've got a huge group that you launch to, and it's bam, 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 no problem. As long as it's high-quality keyword traffic, it's coordinated with the PR, so the, 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 uh, the keywords are coordinated, and they're timed at the same time. That's how we do it. We generally have three ways of launching our products. Launch just with PPC, which sometimes will do, sometimes won't. And, I mean, we probably all know people who just kill with PPC. They launch only using PPP, PPC because they got it dialed in. Most people I know can't do that. They don't have the ability to, to, to make that work. So we use PPC. We use PPC and PRs practically every time. And then, if we really want to kill it, we add in Amazon posts when we do a launch and we just destroy it. So that, that's, what I'm, that's what I like to talk about, all these signals from everywhere. That's why, that's why uh, I have a company called Signalytics. Okay, I have a question here for what kind of problems do you see that Amazon sellers are, are having right now in 2020 or regarding the pandemic? Man, there's so many things, right? It's hard to know where to start. And I was asked this question. It's, it's funny because I was asked this very same question back, back in January. And my answer is pretty much the same still. Obviously, we have a lot more information to work with now than what we had back three, four months ago. But 
you know, outside of many sellers' immediate problems. I mean, if you're not selling in an essential category, uh, many sellers are faced with the challenge of potentially pivoting their business. Uh, let's say you're, you're the, the travel accessories category, for example. And you built your business around that. Do you hope that this pandemic stuff dissolves? You know, whether or not you think this whole thing is real or not, doesn't matter because it's all been completely politicized. All we can do as sellers is respond and plan accordingly. And it's a, uh, you know, it's a really scary prospect. I mean, are airlines going to survive? How long will it be before people start traveling again and spending money on it? So if you're in that category, it's a risk that some things might not be the same for a very long time. And other sellers are pivoting towards uh, you know, PPE products, you know, personal protective equipment, and other products that are related to the continuance of our current situation. And that, too, in itself can be a risk because we don't know how long this will last. And you know that others in the space are also rush, rushing into that uh, or rushing into that space. And I'm generally not a trend chaser. Then there's the, the, the potential issue that we hear about on the second way. So let's say you're, you're sourcing from China, for example. What if China gets shut down again in the autumn or the winter? So facing this, do you stretch yourself thin right now, double or triple down, put in a massive order to carry you through the holidays and maybe even beyond Chinese New Year in anticipation of this? Again, I mean, that's, that's a calculated risk. Even production outside of China or domestic production, if you can, which is what some people have done in response to our current situation, plus as a response to that, that ongoing tariff battle, that's relatively futile as we see every country in some manner or another taking you know, some form of preventative measures. So there's never any guarantees wherever you're producing of supply chain stability. And that's, that's my big, big concern. And another thing, I think, and although there's been a little bit of a low on the news front regarding this topic, but just before this pandemic situation, there was a lot of talk about how the government and Amazon would begin enforcing proposed anti-counterfeit legislation and really what that would mean to sellers. And I think that we can all agree that acting on this is good. I mean, you know, the market needs to be cleaned up of counterfeit goods. Absolutely. We all know that sellers are likely going to face the brunt of it in some way or another. So I think that's something else to really keep your eye on. And uh, finally, I think the other big thing is that it's no secret that Amazon has been stepping on a lot of toes in the last couple of months. They've been acting with complete impunity and really pissing people off. Many sellers, you know, have found it necessary to move to FBM. Okay. So mostly due to extended delivery times and there's been lots of account suspensions and tons of people are now setting up and selling more than ever off of Amazon, you know, whether it's eBay or Walmart or Shopify, you know, whatever. And this is good because competition is good. Because I'd love to see Amazon get knocked down hard and make them compete for our business. I mean, I've been saying this for years, right? Now, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But at the same time, I'm not really a fan of Monopoly. So, yeah, I guess in my opinion, there's probably, I think there's probably more issues facing Amazon sellers than at any time before. Certainly any time I'm also. Right. Amazing, Shane. And it seems to me like you're pretty much an early adopter of a lot of these strategies that you talk about. I myself fit in the category of lazy Amazon seller. I try to let the early adopters test it out for me and then I'll start to dip my toes in there. But one thing has left me curious about these Amazon posts because I've never heard about them. I do consider myself somewhat savvy, but be, without spilling the beans and obviously not going into strategy, could you just tell the listeners out there what exactly is Amazon posts in case they don't know? I don't know. So I'm interested to hear what this is. 
Sure. It's a program that Amazon launched, I think it was back in October or November, right around there sometime. And it's, in a way, it's, it's, it's Amazon's uh, own social media network. It, it doesn't work like a traditional social media. And you have little control. But it allows you to post, uh, you know, sorry, to post uh, you know, content, different types of content, videos, you know, images, whatever you want. And Amazon will determine the, re- the relevancy of this on their own. So if I'm, it's only, you only see it on mobile right now. So if you're mostly a desktop user, you won't see it. But if you're on mobile and you're looking at a product and you see, you know, a carousel underneath with all these different, you know, like social media things, that's what it is. So me as a seller, if I see Howard's product, like, oh man, I'm going to target Howard's product because he's a competitor and I'm going to put my post there. You can't do that. Amazon determines where it goes. So it's kind of neat. But the interesting thing about the posts is that uh, if I click on it, and you, and you can buy it right from the posts, but in order to purchase, it takes, you know, I mean, three, four, five clicks to get through from that front end to where I can actually purchase. So the you, you don't get a ton of traffic through, but it's incredibly high conversion, super high conversion. Because if someone clicks four times, they're probably going to buy the darn thing. And it's really interesting how it's affecting the PPC campaigns we have running and how it's ramping up our sales. But again, it doesn't work like a typical platform. So like on Facebook, you know, or Instagram, I put out a post and you know, it stays there, right? It stays there. People can look at it months. If Amazon doesn't like it or it doesn't get a lot of clicks or something, it just kind of disappears. It can come back later. You have no control over that. So it's kind of, it's kind of a wild card, but you got to feed this machine. There's a way we feed it and the stuff we do that, that helps get all those people through that funnel to purchase our product and give all those extra great signals that I, I guess is tricking, tricking me. And I. So yeah, right now, like a lot of opportunities out there for Amazon sellers because of the PPE, there's a lot of people that are switching that or factories also switching from like whatever they used to do. That's not selling that well right now during the, this uh, pandemic and switching it to like maybe mask or shield, you know, just like, uh, glasses or goggles or whatever it is that sound really well. So what do you think, what do you, what kind of opportunities do you see in the 2020 as Amazon seller regarding the pandemic? I think, and I don't mean to sound mean about this. Uh, I think it's just the truth, but you know, there's a lot of opportunities based on a lot of sellers tapping them right now. There's a lot of people throwing in the towel. You know, they've lost their revenue. They need to survive. I can't blame them. I absolutely can't blame them. Will they be back? Some will, some won't. So that's going to free up some space. I mean, other people might be leery to jump in right now, this year, given that Amazon is basically broken right now and they're hearing the horror stories. Plus there's lots of products losing rank as a result of being out of stock, which represents yet another opportunity. And as I mentioned before, I'm generally not a trend chaser, but you can bet that those already pandemic-friendly niches and those that made a quick pivot will do quite well. So I also, there's a story out there right now that's going around, especially in uh, Shanghai and Shenzhen, Chinese sellers are actually kind of going to Amazon and kind of protesting. They're waving flags and and saying that Amazon are, is like a, is like taking their money and stealing their money. Uh, I see this a lot right now through the this kind of opportunity stage, people see that this is opportunity, right? And then they just mm-hmm. jump into it. But because there's this thing called velocity of sales or, or this limit that Amazon caps at you, a lot of people are getting suspended, you know, and Amazon holding their money and, and all that, all that stuff. So 
it, it could be an opportunity, but it's something that you have to watch out for because Amazon is known to suspend suspend people for, for just having too much sales <laughs> in their platform. Yeah. Even though it's like a pandemic, people have more rush in sales for that, but they're just suspending everyone. I just had a friend that got his, his account kind of suspended for like, I think it was like 40, 4 million something dollars hauled in there. Uh, I was the same guy as I was talking to you about uh, this, the 300K guy a day. He's making 300K a day so in sales. So uh, with a big ramp in velocity like that, it's just like there it is an opportunity and you have to make sure that you plan everything correctly because it also can hurt you too because of, you know, you have uh, cash flow issues and and that and those stuff like that so uh, these chinese sellers are actually going in and protesting because they're the run that is uh jumping on these trends faster than anyone else because their opportunity is right there because they are right next to the factory so they're very quick uh, so you see a lot of these things where on facebook maybe you'll see it soon or i'll post it up of chinese sellers getting protesting it's kind of funny kind of in a way so i don't I don't know if U.S. people would go in and protest like that, but yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah. So Shane, you know, you mentioned that you can't really predict what's going to happen. It's pretty chaotic. There's no telling what could happen in the next six to 18 months. There's all sorts of people hammering down on Amazon and then there's all sorts of sellers having problems. But what about off of Amazon? Earlier you mentioned Shopify and Walmart and other platforms like that. What kind of opportunities do you see and do you see the possibility for expansion now more than ever off of Amazon to kind of try and help out with seller sales? Yeah, that, that's And we're seeing a lot of people, I'm not going to say jump ship, but certainly, um, you know, diversify what they're doing. And, you know, I, I was one of those guys back in 2016 when, you know, Alibaba was coming to town apparently and, they're going to give Amazon a run for the money. I was, I was rooting for it because, again, I like competition because I like the platform to compete for our business versus us having to always kind of you know, uh, try and cozy up to them. So I was a little shocked when, it, when Alibaba didn't do that. And, you know, Walmart started to come online and make a little bit of a push, but they're still dwarfed, you know, in sales compared, compared to Amazon. And, and, and Walmart has a stigma. It's got a certain type of buyer. Now, that is changing a little bit online. The, 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 the customer avatar online for, for, for Walmart is changing from, from their in-store avatar. And I think that's a good thing. And, you know, it's, I think it's really important. You know, it, the problem in the past was that, you know, when you are getting all of your sales through Amazon, you got to think, you know, time is money. You know, you only have so much time in the day. So how much time are you going to spend to learn a new platform? You know, go to eBay, figure it out, go to Walmart, go to Shopify. You know, it takes time and effort for what? For maybe 3% of your sales, 2%, 10 20%. You know, obviously, you know, if you can get above 10 or 20%, then now you've got an income stream. Okay, fair enough. How long is that going to take? And when Amazon was still, you know, and still is the king of the ball, but when that's your, your it, it's hard it's hard to take your focus off, off of what's doing so, so well and focus on other things which, you know, could play out. You just don't know, right? And for a lot of just smaller sellers that are growing, Maybe they don't have a team. Maybe they don't have VAs, you know. It's really tough for them to do that on their own. So I think, in a way, this is good for us sellers, diversifying, giving some business and some input to these other uh, platforms out there and expanding. 
And hopefully, you know, consumer behavior will adapt to that too. You know, a lot of people got lazy with Prime and click it. Well, you know, we all know that Walmart has their own shipping uh, program, Shopify, we've got you know, friends that deliver. I mean, there's so many options now. It's not like it was three, four, five years ago. So in a way, although it's a little bit painful, I think, it, I think it's a good thing. Right. And, you know, you mentioned in there, Shane, that obviously you've got a ton of friends. We talked about that earlier. But one thing that you were talking about, which is Walmart, I've actually got something interesting to share with you. And I'm not sure if you can tell me what you've heard from other sellers, but I basically have a brand that sells about $2 million a year on Amazon. And I applied to Walmart and went through the conditional approval. And then next thing you know, I get uh, your decline. So then I decided to sign up with another actual account for Walmart. This time, not putting an Amazon store URL, not putting any type of store URL at all. And I used my agency account and website. And guess what? I got an approval. Have you heard of anything as crazy as that? Like, I didn't exactly know what Walmart was looking for. Here you have a successful brand been selling for about five years on Amazon, doing extremely well on Amazon, yet they would allow a totally separate business that has never even sold on Amazon. No, I, I can't say I've heard that. I've heard of some people going through the process, uh, and if you leave your, your application open for too long, you'll, you'll get shut down. It can take a few weeks to get it back up. You, know, you didn't fill in your, your shipping information, or you, know, you didn't do your setup out of the gate. But it's been a long time since I mean, I, I've set up on Walmart years ago, um, but I haven't heard that. Here's a little trick or hack. You know, anytime you're applying for a new account, just put a Howard Ty's picture there and just – I like it. I'm going to do it immediately after this. I don't think there was that much of a delay in my actual application. I think I waited one minute to go and hunt down my Payoneer account. So I thought that was completely awkward, but you know, who knows, who knows what Walmart and Amazon think about. I forgot to mention to everybody listening that I discovered that during this whole pandemic, my pack of three rubber chickens were classified as essential, which basically means you could use rubber chickens apparently for just about anything. And I've discovered since then about 21 different ways to use them, but Amazon thought they were essential. God bless America. You got to love it. Wow. Rubber chickens. So regarding your, regarding the thing you were talking about, Shane, a lot of, uh, so there might be a lot of people that are dropping out of Amazon and there might be a lot of people actually going back in because of their job situation in the U S where there's a lot of unemployment, at least for now, until the doors opens up, I, we don't know what's going to happen. But I think uh, for I've had I had lunch with one of my friends in Hong Kong. Um, he's like he's like everyone uh, like everyone else. He like his office closed and then he actually is working at home. So mm. he's kind of liking the idea, liking that that kind of freedom of working at home. And he's asking, mm. he's actually asking me, "Oh, is there anything that I could do?" Maybe it can sell online, Amazon or something. And then he doesn't know too much about it. So I was talking to him about it, all the good the pros and cons as of a new seller jumping on. So it's kind of interesting. I think I will, there's going to be a lot more buyers as a buyer because they get used to buying on Amazon now because of the pandemic. And a lot of sellers, I would say a lot of sellers going to try to add out, try to get that freedom back from the pandemic. You know? Regarding multiple multi-channel marketplaces i am actually if it's not too much work i would actually i try to stay away with multi-channel if you're not big enough yet because i see that there's a lot more opportunity on amazon 
because you do you kind of learn one marketplace you could uh, apply it to all 12 or 14 or 15 of these countries you know and before yeah. besides you before you move on to another one i know i know walmart is getting bigger and bigger especially this is uh from the pandemic they grew like five times more you know so in sales mm-hmm. from what i hear a lot from other people but amazon is still pretty big but uh, walmart is getting is getting up there Another thing that is, I'm kind of uninterested in, in how U.S. is going to play out on that UPS. USPS is going bankrupt again. They do this every year. For I think that's how they raise money. But uh, the government seems like they don't want to, like, don't want to bail them out anymore or something like that. That's what Trump says. But so that would relate to how is people going to get their packages? Because a lot of the people are getting their packages through um, uh, USPS. Like even even like. A lot of the third parties like UPS and uh, DHL, FedEx, they all have their own pr- like partnership with USPS, meaning that that last mile is dropped off by USPS, yeah. meaning like uh, U- UPS has their UPS mail innovation, MI. Uh, so you got FedEx Smart Post. You got DHL, DHL Global Mail back then, they call it, but now it's called DHL uh, e-commerce. So these are like big, 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 big partners with USPS. So with that said, maybe our cost of uh, shipping is going to go up too. And Amazon relies on them too. So a lot of them with, the, with a small and light, they're using USPS with their small and light package as well. So we'll see how that works. So Shane, I know, uh, remember how we were sitting at the, at the event and then I was drawing you little bubbles? Of what I was doing, I was showing you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's awesome. I mean, you know, I think you even mentioned it earlier today. You're all about diversification and well, diverse signals as part of a part of ranking strategy. And I think I told you back maybe in 2015 or something. I made some course. It was this stupid long spreadsheet, and I had like 20 different traffic sources on it: Twitter ads and Groupons. You the kitchen sink. And, you know, the Pareto principle came into, came into effect where, you know, maybe 20% of it would even be worthwhile. But the point is, I was doing my best, you know, back those early days to send these different signals. We don't have to go that crazy now. And I think that's what, you know, the whole premise behind what you were designing and your launch to rank is, is hitting it with a lot of powerful different signals. And that's the way to go. If you're a one-trick pony, you're eventually going to leave a, leave a footprint, and uh, it, it's eventually going to fail. And that's not to say it won't work for a while. You know, make hay where the sun shines, but eventually it'll fail, and it could cause problems for your account. So I'm a huge fan of diversity. Yeah, um, like everyone is doing rebates right now. Rebates itself is not as you know strong as if it was, you know, like you said, put some rebates in there with some kind of PRs and then put some other, you know, signals in there, you know, because PR, because rebates, you can think about it this way, where rebates, everyone's doing rebates. So how do you stand out from other people, you know? So uh, yes, right now it works, but it will change because Amazon itself is it's AI. Their search is based on AI. So they're looking at signals from everywhere. So if other people have more signals than you, then you're going to get ranked up higher, you know? Through blogs, through Tumblr, through through like all the other crazy sites out there that that can push traffic or with authority, because Google is, uh, Google is uh, is is still the king in SEO. So Amazon's trying still following following what Google is doing through 
even their advertising and even through even through their the way it's stuff is getting searched on Amazon. So it's very it's connected. So Shane, what's your final words for our audience here? Final words. Well, I mean, if anyone's uh, struggling, you know, wants to incorporate brand building, increasing their SERP results and online authority, I'm happy to chat. That's sort of what we do. Other than that, I guess I just want to thank you guys for having me on. And I'm really looking forward to the mastermind and getting to know the people in your group. Yeah, absolutely. I am too, Shane. Thanks so much. And so, Howie, that's pretty much it. What did you What did you find from Shane? Anything there new that you learned? I know for one, I'm going to go check out this Amazon posting. I didn't even know that thing existed. But, you know, even YouTube recently has launched YouTube Stories. So they're taking a crack at TikTok. And it is YouTube. It is the biggest and most consumed site in the world. So I don't doubt they potentially even do it. Yeah. So right now, I, I think I talked about this before other other places but like right now the new trend is going to be social commerce meaning you're going to have these influencers micro influencers selling products that's going to be the the new thing just like how they have it like uh, in tiktok in china they already have it where you can actually have an add to cart button and you can advertise and then you can be able to have people buy it on tiktok your products so people whoever you can you know those influencers Will be will be the next thing that these big platforms are going to be focusing on. Amazing. Well, that makes it a pretty good reason for me to crack out my phone and start doing these things here. So, thanks again, Shane. I really appreciate your talk. It was absolutely amazing, and I look forward to what topic you're going to cover at the first ever Professors Pandemic event. So, thanks so much. And just to say goodbye here again learned so much today and was honored to have shane here but if you want to hear more from shane or any of the other geniuses that we've actually pre-qualified as you saw it's been a heck of a pre-qualification process then i encourage you to head on over to a9mastermind.com forward slash ppe to get more details on the first ever online virtual from the comfort of your own home professor's pandemic event howie any last words before we say goodbye well, this is going to be a very crazy event because um, all these guys that I picked out of me traveling all through these different masterminds or these different uh, events that I go, I'm always, like like they say, I'm always out there listening and trying to figure out who's the best of the best to give value to our um, audience and to our, our own even mastermind groups. So if you, for those people that are actually coming to the mastermind, you guys going to get a lot of good stuff. I, I promise you that. Yeah. Unfortunately, we won't get to go out to the bars and hit those hard, but I will make sure I have my virtual bottle of vodka here and take a couple shots live with some people. Loosen up. And you know, they say that the real magic comes out when the actual vodka bottle does. So we'll see what happens. Anything can happen. Once again, if you want to find out more about that event happening at the end of June, go to a9mastermind.com forward slash PPE. And I look forward to seeing each and every one of you live at that actual event. So have a great day. Bye guys. Welcome to the Professor's Podcast, where we discuss the best strategies to massively improve the reach and bottom line of your business in the current virtual and economic landscape. Your host, Howard Tai, generates over $5 billion for his clients annually using innovative tactics both on and off Amazon.